Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dedash. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a two-time best-selling author. He has a consultant company that he grew to seven figures. He's a world-traveling entrepreneur and investor, and he helps entrepreneurs fix their finances. Let's welcome Paul Halmy. How are you doing today, Paul? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks, Victor. Glad to be here. Uh, great to have you on. So, Paul, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you uh, uh, get into entrepreneurship? It's pretty crazy. I actually was a stockbroker at the time and was had the American dream, you know, the six-figure corporate job, the, the house, wife, two kids, dog, everything. And just something was always tugging me in the direction of being my own boss and doing my own thing. And then one thing led to another through jujitsu, one of my best friends opened up a gym. I started helping him. I'm like, oh man, this is kind of fun. You got a lot of freedom too. And then I got into that. And then next thing you know, I had a gym and then I got good at running the gym. The people were like, hey, how do how'd you get so good at running a gym? So then I'm like, well, I'll start a consulting company and help people run their gyms better. And then, so it's just one thing's built on top of another. It's been great. Uh, that, that is awesome. So, okay. So you originally, you were a stockbroker, you went corporate America, you wanted the American dream, dog, family, dog, <laughs> yeah. and wife, backyard, all that stuff. And you always wanted to be your own boss. And then you got into jujitsu and then uh, you helped a friend out. You started running a gym and people started asking you, um, you know, how did you do all this? And you you wound up going to consulting for all that. Eventually, this thing led to certain fix. How long ago was that when you started, you know, running a gym and getting into your own consulting business? Well, I started the gym 19 years ago, which is crazy. Seems like forever ago. So that was a long time. And then the consulting company has been around for about five years now, going on six. Mm-hmm. And uh, what and what? how is it, you know, describe your journey in the beginning because you know when you're an entrepreneur you have your ups and your downs you know a lot of people who are watching there's some veteran entrepreneurs and there's some newbies i think some people in the beginning they think it's a smooth flowing smooth sailing <laughs> linear uh journey which is not you have your ups and your downs so you mind sharing some you know how you know how it what happened to you in the beginning you know some of your ups and downs and and when oh it started God, changing yeah. and when it really started changing for you and when you started yeah, getting so successful and- yeah. So many ups and downs, so many tests, you know, I started off, had the gym in 2003, took forever to get off the ground, did everything wrong the first year or two. Then I finally started working with coaches and consultants. So I'm like, Oh, okay. This makes things way easier and faster. I'm going to do more of this. And then once we got that going, then, you know, 2008 hit and the recessions, I'm like, oh, okay, this is not fun. But I, I discovered one thing, even during the recession, people still need something to do, something to fun, something that they can put their time into. So they'll still, join a gym if it's a good gym or a jujitsu place for the community aspect of it. So we survived 2008. Then, you know, everything was going great. Things moving along 2019. We're just killing it, you know, in the consulting and with the gym, everything's perfect. And then 2020 comes and wipes out, you know, half of everything, you know, within six weeks, it was insane. Like I've never experienced anything like it because the worst thing was having a gym was bad enough when it was declared non-essential. But then when you're consulting for non-essential gyms, they're not going to pay for consulting anymore. So we lost over half, you know, 60, 70% of our consulting clients. Jim lost half of its clients. So it's been a battle to get back, you know, and we're getting there now. So it's, it's better now, but yeah, there's so many ups and downs as an entrepreneur. It's just anybody listening knows it's, it's not as easy as it looks. So you got to make sure you take advantage of the good stuff because there will be down stuff that we have to deal with. No, and that's a very good point. Cause, uh, 
you know, 2020 was definitely a very difficult time for her. a lot of businesses, suffered, a lot of entrepreneurs suffered. Like you said, consulting got hit really, really hard. So I know a lot of people that was consulting, they lost a lot of their clients because people got afraid. And what do you, you know, during the tough time in 2020, like, what do you think that uh, that helped you get through that tough time? Because everyone goes through these tough moments, these tough times, and a lot of people give up. But you then you persevered, and now you're, you know, you're coming back and you're doing well again. What is it that that you did that got you through that tough time? Man, it was tough. You know, the first thing was mindset. You know, being around people that were positive and supportive because the the media was so negative, the news is so negative. Everything was. I mean, they're still trying to paint a negative picture that oh, the next waves coming. I'm like, I'm so sick of your waves. It's like I keep having to surf them. So keeping a positive mindset and you know and having plans like having a good financial plan. Like we were in a good position. You know, luckily from my background as a stockbroker, I've always been real adamant on teaching people about their finances. You know, having an, an emergency fund for your business, a personal emergency fund, a business line of credit, a personal line of credit, investment account. So I told my wife, I was like, man, if things go really bad, you know, we're, we're okay for a while. I don't, I don't want to dip into these things, but I have the ability to, or a lot of my clients didn't because they didn't listen to me. Back in 2018, I was telling people, you know, it's been 10 years since we've had a recession. We're due any year for one, you know, and instead of a recession, we got a pandemic, which was apparently way worse. I mean, I've never experienced anything like it. And, you know, just having that mindset. And then when you're powering through it, you just keep making tough decisions, you know, to keep going. And then when things start getting better, you, you take that time and look at the things that you could have done better and the things that you did wrong. And you're like, okay, let's fix this. Let's focus on, you know, yeah, we get to work on lead gen, but let's work on customer retention, you know, customer acquisition, you know, things like that, and really delivering a better product to our clients. No, that, that's very true. And I agree. Mindset is extremely important. You need to have a strong, powerful mindset. And I agree. You've got to be around successful people, positive people. We're going to support you, get you through. Because it's so easy, like 2020, so easy. Everyone's getting very negative. It's so easy to be negative. You're around people that are very negative. And, you know, and one thing it is, you plan and you learn from your days of the start with doing the investment planning, planning for your future and, and doing all these things, which I think a lot of people don't do enough of. And you learn from your mistakes. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, do you, you know, also you get back to mindset. During that time, were you also going back to the past and you thought about, you know what, I did a lot of things right. You know, I made some mistakes where I have to learn from, but I also did a lot of things right. And, you know, I know I can do this. I've been successful. I had a really thriving business. And since I've done it before, I can do it again. You know, you know, keep, keeping like a victory log, you know, a record of your past success. Did that also help you get through this sometimes? Because I, I don't think a lot of people, I think too many people focus too much on their failures and not enough of their successes. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Especially being an entrepreneur, you got you to have a lot of self-talk. We talk to ourselves a lot. It's like, you know, you got to convince yourself that you can do it because this, this is not easy. And especially in a, a pandemic or a recession, it's even harder. So you really got to make sure you're doing, you know, those little things I said, but yeah, remember in the good times, it's like, man, you know, pre pre pandemic, I was traveling, like I was overseas or out of the country, you know, six to seven trips a year, you know, going to see clients and doing different events you know, just living this life that I dreamed of. And then it got taken away from me. And I'm like, cool, I can't travel anywhere. <laughs> I'm losing all my clients. But then I would just think back to is like, man, I'm going to get through this. I've been through, you know, 2001, the market crash. I've been 2008, the recession. It's like, I'm built for this. I can, I, can, I just tell myself every day, you know, we can do this. Let's just find the best thing that we can do today and do it. You know, and if it wasn't, you know, at the time you're not signing anybody up because nobody's buying anything. So you're just trying to improve your product, improve your deliverables, just building out the best product that you can. 
And thanks for sharing that because, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people watching today that they, they might be going through a tough time or maybe they were successful and they're having some struggles right now or they're getting started right now and they're having struggle. They're wondering, is there light at the end of the tunnel? And based on your story, you know, your experience, you're saying, yes, there is. But you can't oh, give up. Yeah. And don't give up. Learn from your mistakes. You know, learn from other people. Get the mentors. But don't give up because a lot of times I think people give up right before they're about to hit that success. And it's a real shame. And one of the things you do, Paul, is you help entrepreneurs fix uh, their finances. I think that, that stockbroker training probably comes in very handy. And, you know, because I think sometimes as a tenants, I think in, in some of these entrepreneurs, when they make some money, they think it's going to last and they just keep spending it. They don't do any investing. They don't plan for their future. So you might talk a little bit about that, what you do with your clients in terms of, you know, helping them prepare their finances. Yeah, I teach them one of the hardest things for them to do, which is what, but it's actually the easiest system to set up. But entrepreneurs were also guilty. We put all our money back into our business, which everybody argues with me and like, well, I get a better return on my money when I put it back in my business. I'm like, well, yeah, but what happens when you have nothing? And then 2020 proved it is like, yeah, you put everything back in your business, but you have no reserves. It's like, you've done no planning. So the first thing we do is start off real, really simple is like, you know, they have business checking, then they have, I make them set up a business savings account. And then an investment account at a separate bank. That way they're moving money out of their business every quarter. We, I'll tell them you can start with a dollar. I don't care what it is. Just start with something and then create it through automations because all the financial institutions will let you move money automatically. You set it and forget it. And then it just moves. And then people always tell me you know, after a few months in the program, they're like, oh my God, I got, I got like all this money in my savings account. What do I do with it? I'm like, well, at the end of the quarter, take half of it and put it in your investment account. And they freak out. They're like, whoa, 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 but I need money for the business. Like, you still got money in your business. You just paid yourself first, but now you're building up assets outside of your company. So if something does go wrong, you've got money you can get to. Or if an opportunity comes along where you can buy into uh, a real estate project or commercial building or another person's business, you have liquid cash that you can get to in different things and it opens up so much opportunity. But the biggest thing is just getting them to start because everybody feels like their best investment is their business. And that's true. It is your best investment, but you can't put, it's like the old saying, you can't put all your eggs in one basket and entrepreneurs, we're all guilty of it. It was like, just keep, put it all in, put it all in. And yeah, you, you got to build reserves. No, I, I totally agree. I think that's a very good point. Uh, you can't put all of it in your business, but you, you reinvest some of it though. By the way, before I can say, how much would you recommend someone reinvest back in their business? 20%, 50%, how much? Obviously you don't want to put all of it because you want to put all your eggs in one basket. But in general, what do you recommend to your clients or does it vary based on their financial situation? It varies a lot based on their financial situation. But what I tell them, you know, and there's so many good books out there like Profit First. And there's a lot of different ones that you can go through that have a little bit more complicated models where I've just simplified this down to like literally having an extra account they put money in. And, you know, I tell them, hey, you know, whatever you can do, if it's five bucks a day, 20 bucks a day, hundred bucks a day, just get it going, then build it up. And then as the money goes into the savings account, then I tell them take half of that money and put that into investments. But the good part is if you're running your business right, a lot of times you don't need to, to access that money in the emergency account for anything because you, you're still making money in your business and you're doing things anyway. You just paid yourself first. So there's really not a set amount I tell them to reinvest back in their business because they're going to do as much as they can anyways. <laughs> Uh, very good. Oh, that's awesome stuff. And uh, when, I'm, when, I, when I'm hearing what you're saying, I think of two books. First, is, uh, the first book I think of is The Richest Man in Babylon. He always great talks book. about it. Yeah, it's a great book. I, I highly recommend reading it because he talks highly about recommended. Pay, 
repay yourself for so many people don't do the same thing um and that, that's great classic and also um robert kiyosaki rich man porta says the rich people pay themselves first and then they pay everything else later too many people do it the opposite they pay everyone else first and they pay themselves last so you need to yep. pay yourself first so yeah so get that automatic you know deduction whatever amount five bucks and like a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah yeah just just move it invest it you know whatever you know invest you want to put it in and it builds up. And, you know, a lot of times in these, in these events, they'll compound over the course of time. And I think a lot of people don't understand the power of compounding, which can be short term. It doesn't seem like a lot, but in the long run, over the course of years, it can be really massive. Big. Yeah, Albert Einstein said, you know, was a big fan of compounding. It's just, it's, 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 it's yeah, incredible. He was called the eighth wonder of the world. The eighth wonder of the world. Exactly. And, um, and one of, so one of the things you talk about, you probably teach your clients is a passive income. You want to talk a little bit about that because the wealthy people uh, put a big focus on creating passive income. Too many people focus solely on earned income and not enough on residual passive income. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 100%. We get so caught up in like building our business, you know, doing all the things you want to do. And we're never thinking about building a passive income. So you kind of go through phases. So I tell people like when you start off in the beginning, it's you building your business, you're doing everything you can. Then it's like, it starts growing. Now you do with your money. You guys start taking money out of your business, putting it into investments. And then that's when it gets fun. Then you get a little bit older and you've got this money built up. And I always tell people, we start with the fundamentals. You know, if you don't have a 401k, obviously because you're an entrepreneur, you probably have an IRA or self, a self-employed 401k, whatever is your, you're filling your retirement account because that's going to create income when you're older. But in the meantime, when you start building up assets and your business is doing good and you're taking money out, you can buy into so many different things. You can buy into real estate investment trusts. You can buy into commercial property syndications. You can do, uh, it's even become more and more accessible the last couple of years. You can get into private equity deals where you can purchase, you know, uh, into different businesses where you have no say, no control, and you're just a passive investor and you just get checks. So, I mean, there's so many opportunities, but if you don't start, you're never going to get there. Cause people always ask me, they're like, cause they'll see me do a deal. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're doing, I just did this deal with these guys. And we're, we bought this uh, beach club, you know, and whatever. And I'm a passive investor. And they're like, well, I want to do that. And I'm like, but you haven't done any of the basics, you know? So a lot of times I deal with clients. I'm like, that's cool that you want to do that, but I want to see uh, an emergency account for your business, an emergency account for your personal. I want to see some kind of a retirement account. I want to see a brokerage account. And then from the brokerage account, the money you've made, yes, then you can start putting that into passive deals, things like that. So everybody, it's unfortunate things. Everyone wants to skip ahead. They all want to buy AMC and Dogecoin and then, you know, buy an Ikea or something. It's like, it's like, no, you can't, you're skipping steps. Yeah, and then everyone does it because we, we all have this mentality, like we want everything to happen yesterday. And that's just, uh, and things have changed so much with the computer age and technology. Everyone has, like, I, they have that phone, they, they have that fear of missing out. But you're right, if you skip steps, you get into trouble. It's like when you bake a cake, there's a recipe, you got to follow the steps. If you skip certain steps, the cake's going to come out really horrible. So if you're yeah. skipping all these different steps, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're advising your clients and they try to skip ahead, they're going to get into a lot of trouble. So they got to start from the beginning and go through all the steps. I think it's a very good analogy. Okay? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And um, oh, another thing uh, people like to talk about is trading and investing. So you might tell me a little bit about the difference. I think most of you have some idea, but I'm not sure if everyone understands. So uh, talk about the difference between the two and what you recommend people focus more on. Yeah. Trading and investing are two different animals. Investing is the long-term. You're buying stuff you believe in for the long-term and you're willing to buy it up and down and, and keep going. Where trading is like, you're trying to make a quick buck. You're trying to get in and out of the market, which is one of the hardest things to do. Every time you try to trade the market, the market eats you alive. People claim that they're really good traders and they've done it, but 
you look at a guy like Warren Buffett, he's beat everybody over time. He's just a long-term investor. So they're, they're very different. And being an investor is less stressful because when you're trying to trade all the time, it's exhausting. And yeah, people got lucky, you know, the last couple of years with all the meme stocks and stuff, people were, you know, AMC and Dogecoin, all these things, but you know, look where they're at now. Those things have cratered, you know, and it's like, yes, yeah, the SP 500 is down too, but it's not down like, you know, these individual stocks are. So if you play the long game, investing is just thinking of a longer term investment where trading is just too emotional. <laughs> it brings in way too much emotion. Yeah. And, 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 and it's good you bring up the word emotion because lots of people do think by their emotion and, and, you know, and we, and emotions are important, but when you let them get the best of you, you will make a lot of mistakes. Like for example, you're trading and, or you know, even some years, if you lose some money, you're, you're like, Oh, I, I got to cut my losing you. And you know what? You sell it. Whereas if you just held up, if, if very often it would have rebounded. So a lot of times people let their emotions in and they'll, when they, they'll get in when everyone else is getting in that's when it's about to tank or when it's going down that's when they sell whereas like it's probably a good time to get in. like you brought a warren buffett warren buffett he says when i get greedy people get when people get fearful i get greedy when people get uh fearful i get greedy because people tend to do the opposite of what they do because they let their emotions get the best of them and yeah investing is definitely for the long term and it is a lot less stressful i think that's when uh, a lot of people get into index funds for example because oh, it just yeah. follows the market they don't have to worry about picking and it's actually smaller fees. So, um, you know, let's get back to talking about, you know, the fact that uh, people are just very impatient now because uh, they just want results immediately. And, and, and a lot of times when you're investing, it's slow and boring, but it's for the long term, it's the best thing very often to do. So how do you get people to be patient, especially when you're young, you know, you get to start you out of college, you're 25, whatever. And you don't have a million dollars, for example, and, and you, you got to, you know, how do you deal with these clients that say, you know, they want to make money, but, you know, you got to tell them, you know, some of these things got to be slow and say, how do you get them to be patient and explain to them, if you wait five or 10 yeah. years, you can get great results. Yeah, exactly. Explain to them, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about, and I'll show it in charts, like the power of compound interest. It does nothing for like the first 10 years, like literally, unless you got a, a large amount of money you're putting in every month, you won't see much. You just see this nice, steady little, just do, 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 and then all of a sudden it just starts curling. And then it, towards the end, it's just like parabolic. So teaching people that you got to just stick with it, create a plan. And, and it's a long-term plan. It's like, if you want to get a bunch of money overnight, you know, and if you have a bunch of money, yeah, you can invest more every month and, and do it quicker, but the average person doesn't. But if you start now, it's like, you show them the results. It's like, man, if you start now, it's like, Anybody can have a million dollars, you know, in 40 years, it's $400 at, I believe, 10% invested monthly is a million dollars in 40 years. Anybody can do that. I mean, most people listen to this, their car payments over 400 bucks. And I know they're spending over 400 bucks a month on eating dinner, you know? So it's like, you can find it, you can find the money, but I mean, something that simple and showing people that excites them. It's like, literally just put 400 bucks away every month and just leave it alone and then just keep going. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people don't even think about people says I can't find the money to put away every week or every month. But here's the thing. Um, it, we, we, a regular paycheck, the government takes the money out. It doesn't wait for you to pay them at the end of the year because they know <laughs> yeah. you'll find a way to blow that money. So they take out whatever amount they take. And you find a way to live uh, without that money that the government's taking away from you every week or every other week, depending on how often you get paid. So uh, you're already doing it. The government's taking out that money out of every paycheck of yours. And it's automatically deducted. You have no control over that. So you can do it with any kind of investment as well, whether it's $50 or $100. So it's already being done to you. So you've actually done it before. You just never thought of it that way. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, and one, one thing uh, I noticed about something else you talked about, which I think is very important because uh, a lot of times uh, 
it's hard to get your you and yourself uh, your you and your spouse on the same page financially. So uh, you have a couple coming to you. Uh, they maybe they're both entrepreneurs and they have different ideas about finance. So how do you get them to come together to be on the same page regarding investing in finances? And I call it money dates. So it's one thing I've done with my wife is we've done a really good job of communicating each other because we're when we started off we were totally on different pages. She didn't believe in investing and saving or anything. And I was super into it. I'm like, man, this is not working. And then I had another friend's like, oh, man, you got to have date night once a week and then talk about money. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I just, we've done that. We do it more than that now, more than once a week, but at least once a week, you know, we'll go have dinner or something like that. We'll talk about, okay, hey, you know what? The market's been up. Your stocks are doing, I let her buy her own stocks. I shouldn't say I let her. She buys her own stocks. I've, ta I've taught her how and stuff. So, but she's a long term investor. Like she'll buy a stock and hold it for five, 10 years. I even think about it where I'm thinking about stuff every week. And I'm like, oh, hey, your stocks are doing good. My stocks are doing good. So the businesses are doing good. I'm going to try to put some more money in this. You know, and then we've already got life insurance covered. All right, cool. Something happens. We're good there. We've got a will. We've got all that. Cool. Now let's really get into the stuff we really want to get into. And then we'll talk about what's exciting. Like, hey, you know, there's this, this syndicate that I can get on this deal for this beach club. Should we do that? Oh, okay, cool. Let's do this Airbnb thing. All right, cool. Let's do that. And just the more we communicate, the more we get on the same page. Cause then I'll bring up some stuff and she's like, no, not a, not, no way, no way. Cause one time I brought up an idea. I'm like, Oh, we should open up a franchise, you know, um, Aussie type place. And she's like, no, because then if someone calls in sick, we got to go in and make stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. That would be horrible. So it's like she she keeps me in check sometimes. And the more we talk, though, the, the closer we get to be on the same page, because my my ideas and her ideas kind of modify and we kind of merge together. And it makes all difference. That's one of the biggest problems with marriages and relationships is finances, because everybody hides stuff from each other. Like, oh, I can't talk about that. You know, she's going to look down on me because you know, I lost, you know, X amount of money in AMC and she's going to be like, no, this next time just don't buy AMC. We, you know, buy stuff we believe in. Oh, okay, cool. You know, just communicate. No, I think that's a great point. Just the more you talk, the more you communicate, the more each person's over with each other, the less they're hiding things, the more likely everything's going to work out. Like you said, you know, this is a bad investment. Don't invest in next time. And they'll probably yeah, learn from your mistakes. They'll learn from your mistakes and you'll both be a lot happier. And uh, you guys will both do better in the end. So great stuff there. Now, um, thank you. Uh, Another thing we got to ask about, because obviously you help people with their finances, your consulting business, gone to certain figures. Um, uh, why do you believe that any person that you that comes to you uh, to you know consulting on finance? Why do you believe that any person can become a millionaire in the long run? And it's funny. I can show it to anybody. It's just math. It's literally math and time. Like it's there's no changing variable. People are like, oh, the market goes up, the market goes down. I'm like, yeah, I can show you. You look at a chart for this month and it's just like straight down. But if you look, you expand it out 50 years, it's like that. It's like this big, this down sell. So literally, like I was talking about earlier, you can plug it into a financial calculator. It's like $400, $400 a month at 10% return for 40 years is a million dollars. And I believe every person on earth can do that. And people are like, will come to me like, well, I don't have 40 years. I'm like, well, cool. Then you're putting, you know, congratulations. You're putting 2000 a month away, you know, because I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs that have money but they don't have money. And I'm like, well, let's convert some of your money into real money. So start pulling money out of your business. And, you know, and you're going to be putting, if you want a million dollars in 20 years, cool. You need to put like $2,000 a month away and they can do it. You know, it's like teach them that. But I, I believe honestly, anybody can do it just time and can letting it run. Right. They need to just be patient as well. Yeah. Very yeah that's stuff. the hardest yeah. part. Be patient. Yeah. So it's hard for a lot of people. And we, you, earlier on, you talked about mindset. And I guess one of the things people need to develop is a powerful money mindset, that belief. Um, because if you don't have that powerful money mindset, mindset you're going to get into a lot of trouble. So um, what would you recommend to people listening to? Um, uh, what would you recommend to them to, to, what would they need to do to develop that powerful money mindset? And what do you say to your clients that come to you asking you for advice? 
And how do they develop a powerful money mindset? Yeah, when people come to me, I'll tell them, I told them it starts with their vocabulary a lot of times. And they kind of look at me kind of weird. And I'm, and I, cause anybody that's my age or around that and grew up with parents who were like, oh, we can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people suck, all that stuff. You got first steps, you got to wipe that from your vocabulary. You can't talk like that because if you talk like that, your subconscious believes it. And then, you know, how are you going to attract money if all you do is complain about it? You know, it's like being that guy that complains to women about, how much they suck. You're not going to land a, a beautiful woman. If all you're doing is complaining about women to women. So it's like, if I want money, I got to talk positive about money and change my vocabulary. So that's the first thing I teach people is especially around your kids. You got to change your vocabulary. You can't talk like that around your kids. Cause then you're giving them the same bad financial cycle that I grew up with. And, you know, so getting to change their mindset, watch positive things. You know, I, I tell them, you know what, start watching CNBC. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, it's the best channel on TV minus when they do news stuff. Cause they just talk about stocks and the market and investing, you know, it's on at our house every day from um, central time. So eight 30 to three it's on every day. You know, my wife watches it. I watch it. Kids see it. It's just on in the background when I'm doing stuff. Cause I want to know what's going on in the financial world, things like that. And then reading different books, reading books, you know, anything that Warren Buffett's written anything, you know, and then some positive stuff like Jim Rohn books, you know, these old school guys that, it changed the world with, you know, mindset and focus. Yeah. Good stuff. By the way, I'm a huge Jim Rohn fan. He's one of the great hey, motivational speakers. One of the greats. Yeah. He was, he has a lot of great stuff. I, I learned so much from that guy and Warren Buffett, of course, is a great legend. Um, and I love the fact you brought up the subconscious mind because that's where most of our decisions are made probably around 95% of our decisions. So you have to be oh, working yeah. on feeding a subconscious mind all the time, which is why I think the vocabulary you use, as you mentioned, your self-talk to yourself is very important. A lot of people don't pay attention to it. A lot of the mm -mm. self-talk we give to ourselves is very, very negative and it affects us adversely. And like we said, you, you, know, you can't attract what you complain about. So if you complain about money, you complain about women, you're not going to attract either one. You got to yeah. change the focus to a positive one. I like that. Watch positive things, positive videos, positive shows, read books. Yeah, so you need to... Yeah, I, I work on your subconscious mind. Remember, whatever you, it's like, it's like a computer. Whatever you feed, it's going to take what you give. It's not going to, it's not going to judge. So you give it negative stuff, it's going to take it in. It's just a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. So be very careful. And if you feed it good, powerful stuff, you're going to get great results. So that's some really 100%. awesome, awesome stuff, Paul. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I think everyone listening learned a lot about your finance, being an entrepreneur, consulting, and, you know, just, you know, changing that power you know, changing to a powerful money mindset, learning the power, the, the importance of investment compounding. And before we let you go, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, Paul, what is the best way for them to contact you? And the best way you can go to my website, which is www.paulhalme.com. And then my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. I like that a lot. It's a much happier place than other social medias. You, know, you get to see people's lives a little bit and people are a little more fun with their stories, but you can follow me on Instagram at P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. And I give away a lot of free content and updates of what I'm working on and stuff like that. So it's a great spot to go. Awesome. So, okay. So follow him on his website or follow Paul on his Instagram and he's got some great stuff to give you free content as well. So again, Paul, thanks so, thanks so much for being on our show and have yourself an amazing day. Thanks, Victor. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.